Hey, this is Dave. This is Tim. And this is Dave and Tim. No, okay. and Dave. I got Tim and Dave. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. This, well, we testing? should actually add that into the show. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. So, so we're just going to ramble and so yeah, yeah. I mean, to sit like on normal. a topic. Actually, it just now came to my mind something I kind of want to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Okay. So you know how nowadays... Obviously, and I've been thinking about this because there's been a lot of high school graduations and college graduations for sure, for going sure, on. For sure. You know what I've been seeing more and more of starting like a couple years back? Right, right. Elementary school and middle school graduation ceremonies right, that right. look like high school or college graduation right, ceremonies. Right, right, right. What do you think of that? I, mean, I don't approve at all. Well, why don't you approve of it? Let's start with that. Okay, <laughs> well... First, there's there's one I really don't approve of. That's the middle school graduation. Okay. The elementary school and like kindergarten graduation. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a cute little thing for the parents. Oh, it's nice. Take pictures. Right, right, It's right. not really serious. No one cares. Yes. Right? But the middle school graduation, that's like, that's too much. Did like, I... they don't deserve it. <laughs> and if you're giving them this ceremony for something they don't deserve, you see what I mean? Like... I mean, did, did you, we didn't have that. Did, I, did we? I oh. remember we had a kindergarten. No, wait. I think, I, think, I think there was a middle school graduation for us. For you? Yeah. Yeah. Not for me. I know there was. Well, well it wasn't like they called our names. It was just like a, a ceremony of, uh, of, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a ceremony of... Uh, like an assembly? Sort of like that. Like parents were invited to go... Uh-huh. Um, things like that, like it was, it was. I mean, I can get with like maybe an end of the year assembly. Yeah, something that's like that. that's kind of. No, I'm talking like it looks like a high school. That they give out like where a... they put on the the caps and gowns. All right, that that's a little extreme. That's not. That's right. a little extreme. I can get it they for say elementary. Each name too? Yeah, yeah. Huh. It looks like a high school or college graduation. Gosh, wow. That's but not... definitely you can't. You shouldn't do. You that didn't do that, school. right? No, no. I well... never even went. <laughs> I never went to any graduation. <laughs> I have never been in a graduation ceremony. <laughs> that's true. Wait, yeah, that's right. Even in university. You didn't nope, walk. didn't go. Yeah, Jesus. Probably if I get a PhD, which probably I won't, I probably won't go either. You'll get a master's eventually, though. I don't think so. You'll, get, you'll, a Tim, you'll get a master's. What do I want a master's for? Breakdancing competitions? I That'd don't be know. pretty sweet. Yeah. But no. A I master of breakdancing. I would, I would only study something at, at the graduate level, like something really academic, mm-hmm. like a history PhD well, that'd be or cool. uh, that'd be cool. economics PhD. That'd be cool. But there's no way I could get into such a program. Well, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to think about the graduation ceremonies that I've, I've been privy and witness to. Um, I think, I think in Asia, uh, mm. it's like uh, Japan, I think at least that's, this is a this is the furthest extent of my knowledge of it. They do take like that transition from elementary to middle school to middle school to high school pretty seriously because hmm. I think there that's it's a less, little different. It's, le- it's less it's less localized in the sense that yeah. like there's more of a competitory private yeah. pseudo charter yeah. pseudo like when public you, like schools. When you graduate from middle school over there, right. It's like you got to take all these exams and you're right. trying to get into a great high Correct. school, or right? A Versus here, it's compulsory. Or here, it's, it's going, your district. Yeah, you're exactly. done your local middle think, school, so you're going to go to your local high school. Right. I think the culture in that regard is different. Yeah, you know I, I kind of like that culture better. I I think I don't know. What I don't think we would have honestly, you and I, I don't think we would have strived in. Almost any sort of situation. Maybe. If, if the environmental the factors okay. were the same, I don't think I we would have... I think for me, I if I knew it was all about one test, I think then I would have cared more and done well. I, I think you're if looking I at knew it, all yeah, I, need, I think you're looking at I'm a rose-colored glasses. looking at it, yeah, like hindsight. Because, you could be Timmy, right. I was with you through those yeah, years. Yeah, no, but... And I know that Timmy... Like, I know, I know, I know. I didn't put any effort because I knew effort meant doing every assignment, studying, going to school... Right. 
somewhat regularly, right, right. which I wouldn't do. Right. If I knew all I needed to do was do really well on one test, all I needed to do was go into the room, sit down, answer the questions, I think I'd put an effort and do well on that test. Maybe I'm wrong, Maybe. but that's what I think. I, I, the Tim I remember in high school was, I'm not I going know. to school. Yeah. I'm going to stay down in the basement. Yeah. No, I'm, no, no. I was in the computer room, which was upstairs. Either one. It doesn't okay. matter. You, 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 I think you were also blogging about uh, South Park. Oh, that was that was more like you in middle school, I think. That was like elementary school. God, you, you definitely grew up differently than me. That's for sure. Actually, I remember you actually showed me um, Beavis and Butthead. I did, yeah. What's, what, what was that movie called? Beavis and Butthead? Beavis and Butthead Do America? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I was seven years old. This was back when you were like more like proper and polite-minded. Yeah. And you wouldn't curse? I think you were the worst influence, influence in my life. Influence, I think so. Uh, no, it was, was a wonderful pairing, for sure. Um, no, but I, 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 I guess. I guess. I mean, to a lesser extent, too, I think, as I said, like I don't know if our situation would have been as motivated if our environmental situations were the same. We're the same. Like, I, Could not be that, right. Not that we grew up in like this, this horrid situation. I just uh-huh. think, I think this course... In the way in which you know you are brought up has a big major factor in how it's played. Like I, I, I was reading this um, text called Unequal Childhoods. Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of like a sociological test about adolescent yeah, yeah. Uh, development uh-huh. and, and how 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 families raise children, right? Yeah. And, and the premise of this is that, and this goes towards what I learned about in my master's program as well. One's discourse or how one is raised, uh-huh. yeah, is. Um, Directly parallels on how they're going to interact yeah, in a I know, school environment. I know, I know all this from my commie days, believe me. Well, it's interesting because those who grew up in upper middle class or upper class societies, mm-hmm. when they when children are brought up in that environment, um, parents mentor their children in such a way where yeah. they are almost considered as equals, uh-huh. where it's negotiable. So, for yeah, example, right. like uh-huh. for example, uh, we're going out to eat for our family outing on Fridays, uh, uh-huh. Billy. Or, or in this case, Charles. Char- no, Charles, Charles of yeah, course. Charles, yes. right. Um, and where would you like to go to dinner? Mm. And so the child is part of that discussion. Now, yeah. if the child says and something... And there's probably I- a number, like a huge range of options. Oh, let's go to sushi or Thai right, food right, or whatever. Right, right. Whereas in a lower class household, or, or it's lower like, middle class. listen here, Tommy, we're going to go to Applebee's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there's no negotiation. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if you put translate that into... The school it's world. sort of learned helplessness in a sense. In a sense, right? Yeah. And it's 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 because and, and it, it also it's a, like less confident, it, less exposed. It, well, it's not so much confidence. I uh-huh. think I think the way school is structured, mm-hmm. those who are able to advocate for themselves more, yeah, yeah. you know, astutely, uh-huh. negotiating, working the system. Yes, I actually have. A, have- have a better chance of success in those environments uh-huh. because that's how those environments are run. Like, let's be honest here. In a school, you can sweet talk almost anything you yeah. want in certain situations. If you're able to say it and back it up, mm-hmm. like, if you if you speak eloquently enough to a teacher, can I please have an extension? You can totally mm-hmm. get your way. But if you live under the world confined by rules, it was due this day. There's no negotiating. I get an F. If you and it, possibly no 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 it's true so if you aren't you know using that negotiating factor and then not being able to get those like little leeways you're unable to 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 get the same advantage socially in that environment and this I would argue translates into the real world if and, and it's kind of like that learned helplessness but I kind of don't like looking at it in that angle of helplessness it's more like a war a form of socialization and that people who actually uh, become a, a 
I wouldn't say upgrade, but have become more upward mobile in their economic status as they got older, learn a different discourse. And that is extraordinarily difficult. It's just to, to be able mm-hmm. to do that. Okay, so. here's what I think about this. So I think a big reason upbringing, there's a lot of reasons, but here's one big reason why upbringing is, has such an impact on how well you do in education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. right now education it's very much an extension of social life mm-hmm. like going to school is its own total like social environment mm. like it's not just all about how well you do on a test it's how good are you at being at this place on time right how good are you at um interacting with a lot of different sorts of teachers and people and different expectations right there's a lot of just straight up busy work there's True. a lot of keeping track of different small assignments that aren't really very substantive in themselves. Right. But the whole point is, okay, how well can you make sure you meet this deadline, juggle a bunch of stuff? None of it really matters or is all that important. Right. You just have to be good at doing it and um, working in this context the way that the teachers and administrators expect you to work in this broad, long-lasting context Correct. that takes up a lot of your time. Yes. That's why social background and upbringing part of why it has such an impact on how you do an education. Right, right. And it's why I part ways with a lot of left-wing, progressive-minded people on education. I think we need to make education a lot more objective, test-based. And, like, I think kids should spend less time in school. It should be more, like, less fluff, less, like, cultural stuff, really. More like, go there, probably for less time, learn objective information... And you get assessed based on, like, a test. And it should be more like college. But what? Where it's not really all about doing a lot of different small busy work assignments or making projects and making, you know, a poster that looks nice or something. Or doing, you know, a pretty low effort but kind of extensively prepared presentation or something like that. You know, the sort of things that these, like, upper middle class sorts of students do very well on, right? It should be more like college. You go to a class, you get taught fairly intensive academic material, and your grade rests on, you know, two or three big tests. See, the problem... I think that model, a lot of progressive-minded people think that's a less progressive model because it's more, you know, meritocratic. And in a lot of people's minds, meritocratic explicitly means exclusionary or elitist, right? But I think this model, in fact, is more egalitarian because your success is determined more by your individual ability and less by your ability to fit in socially in a very um, wide-ranging, artificial, socially constructed system. So, I mean, I see that as an approach, but let's be fair here. So here, here, here would be my counter to this is that, will that work for some kids? Your yeah. Utilitarian, uh-huh. you know, test-based pro- protocols? Yeah. Okay, but however, here's the thing. The, however, ki- the, however, the kids however, for whom however, it would not work aren't doing well anyway. That's not true. I think that's so. not true. I, I, I'm a firm believer of the holistic approach. I'm not. A multi-perspective of what intelligence is. So mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at it in more of a black and white. And if you know how to regurgitate it. that's what college is that, like. But, is that, but here's the thing. Not all colleges are like that. But um, Not evergreen. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, my, my good sir. Uh, but no, uh, I don't believe that approach is 
parallel to what real world situations are going to be like. Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. The majority of the work that you're going to do when you get older is not test based. Mm-hmm. It will not be. Maybe for certifications, because it's all that stuff is still very archaic and still stuck in that mind, industrial you know mindset of regurgitation. This is pre Google thoughts. Okay, uh-huh. like the idea of, of, of a test like that is brought upon the precipice of we don't have a a, a, a light speed source of information uh-huh. that, at our fingertips. Yeah. Einstein even said that the regurgitation of information is imbecile. An individual that goes to school just to think and think and, and not be able to uh, critically analyze things themselves is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. He himself said, "Don't learn and don't memorize anything you can't easily look up." Uh-huh. Einstein's approach. Einstein's approach was simply if you're uh, it's to, to to be able to 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 create and to be a student person, mm-hmm. you must be thinking analytically, and that's kind of where I come from. Like I wouldn't say personally. Uh-huh. Out of my own personal experience, Tim, I'm the most strong test taker. I can get by, but I see the. You're a good th- test taker. I you, you would do well in the system no, I described. I you do better than you I, did. I, no, I don't think so. You really don't, I don't think, think so. so. I do better than I, I did. I think I would have done better uh-huh. personally if if I if I had an. Inv- you did fantastic in college, and the college system is a lot closer to the well, system I described. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say I was the strongest test taker. I don't think a lot of my honestly. Okay, the point is most of your grades were based on tests and papers. Most of them, not like long drawn out. Not like you know, make a poster and do this long drawn out project. It's it wasn't like high school and middle school assignments. It definitely was. Well, then let's put this in another perspective. And you did fantastically well. Let's put this in another perspective too. We can't base secondary education on standards that universities will base off of. They're still kids. Honestly, the guy, they're just, I don't think still so. Deve- no, no, no. They're still developing. This is how they do it in like Korea, Japan, Well, China. look how wonderful their, 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 their school culture yeah, is. Yeah, they do like, great. The suic- no, the suicide rates are astronomical. The pressures a child has to go through are astounding. The amount of studying time versus playtime is, yeah, is, we can is like, horrid. Could we balance it out? Yeah, we got to balance it out. We need more of that. We don't, don't, need, don't, we don't need all of it. I don't we don't know. need to I do think, the same thing. I think the thing. greatest institutions of free, free thought are What's within the United States. MIT, Stanford, Evergreen. Evergreen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what happens when you get rid of rote memorization no. and try to teach all, all right, these things all right. to kids to think so critically. Let's, let, let's let's finish off this topic, okay? Because we'll I think you really want to talk about Evergreen okay. right now. So <laughs> it seems germane. So so and again, where this all came about was: Would Timmy have been successful with this? With, if everything changed in in the education system, and my answer is no. Tim, you were a lazy sack of crap. And yeah, no, don't, I was no different in college. I was still as lazy. Uh, I skipped class a lot, but it didn't matter as much because, because it was all about the tests and papers. Well, Tim, in the end of the day, I think you learn differently than other people did, just as other people learn I str- differently. I strongly believe that society should be set up in such a way that I benefit the most. <laughs> I strong. That's my strongly held opinion. I think I think we should set up a world where people and you can use their strengths, and that we should recognize that everybody's have different strengths. I don't. I like that idea a lot less. Um, I don't. I don't see why. If that was the world we lived in, Tim, you would probably be a millionaire right now. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, on that, so the topic of evergreen has come up in, in the podcast. So um, to give you a short synopsis, ladies and gentlemen, there's been a news article that's been going around for about a month, a month now. A little less, two, three weeks, I think, maybe a month. So there's a a, a very, very, very liberal art. Very college, liberal, yes. Uh, in I, I believe even more liberal than you. Well, I'm not that. I'm not, I know. I'm just, I'm so, barbing so, you. you. Stop barbing me, you barber. You barbarian. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a university, or I guess college, actually. State college yeah, uh-huh. in, in Washington, was it? Yeah. Washington uh-huh. State. Washington State. And it's called Evergreen College. Yeah. I was first exposed to this existence of this college, I uh-huh. believe... 
probably during my community college years. I had a, oh, I had really? a, geog- about it? I had a geography professor, uh-huh. and this guy was a loony. He oh, was yeah? he was a screwy ball kind of guy. Like mm. he had some wildy eyes, and like you could tell. Like it's like one of the few courses I got to be in. Like wow. he was he was like all about maps like really yeah this into, guy sounds awesome like but, but but like like stalagmites and all this but anyways he would talk about how he used to teach or went to went to evergreen or whatever uh-huh. and i took it as a grain of salt but one thing i didn't know about evergreen was this hmm. their mascot is the gooey duck wow yeah what's a gooey duck a gooey duck is I, it like a gooey duck like a duck that jumped into some like goo that's some pun that's some nice punnery there tim thank you uh no but there it's a the gooey duck is a mollusk as a matter of fact but it looks very phallic so it's not a duck no it's like it's 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 a it's like a it's a it's a mollusk like it's it's like a clam right so there's a shell uh-huh. but instead of it being like little like like flappy clammy yeah, stuff yeah like it there's a phallic it looks very um freudian in that respect mm, interesting. i hear it tastes absolutely wonderful i bet it does for you uh well actually it's very it's a fine eloquent it's a fine delicacy in china actually interesting. Oh, i had i've always wanted to like eat it obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i actually found a gooey duck um uh at an asian market h mart uh-huh. but they don't, they're not selling them anymore they were like oh, really? 15 dollars a pound they look Whoa. but i would totally do it you should have got some Eh, I will one day. Anyhow, okay. Evergreen College, very liberal, very, very, very liberal. Um, it's it's known for being like like these these neoliberal fascists, uh-huh. uh, and some controversy was brought up due to their very uh, progressive approach on on certain things. Tim, can you expound? Okay, this so further? precisely the thing that precipitated this controversy. Precisely was the thing that, thing precipita- that precipitated. Precisely <laughs> precipitated. Thank exactly. you, Timmy. That's uh, so. Apparently, every year, that, so. every every year, they have a so-called day of absence where minority students. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that anymore. Where students of color choose Thank to you, voluntarily leave. Just they don't come to campus that day, and it's like you know, look what where all you white people would be without us, that sort of thing. Like a day of absence, right? right, right it's right. supposed to be some kind of protest, right? I guess like the day of silence thing that was popular. I remember when we were in high school, right? I think they still have the day of silence. I'm for, sure they still uh, do. LGBTQ, yeah, uh, yeah, and then question, yeah, till, yeah. I forget. You'll, you'll find it. You'll find a lot of iterations with the letters, right? Right. Anyway, so a day of absence, voluntary, right? Student, yeah, yeah. Minority students leave the campus if they want to make some, to make a statement. Okay. So this year, some student or faculty, I believe it was a student who's part of some sort of council that's very into, you know, organizing this sort of demonstration right. or event, sent out an email proposing doing a different sort of thing, where the day of absence would be not the minority students leaving the campus, mm-hmm. but white students and faculty not showing up. Mm-hmm. So like a reverse day of absence, where right. white students or faculty don't go. Right, right. Now, there was there's a professor there... I think he's a prof- I forget what he's a professor of. Some sort of biology. Actually, I think he's an evolutionary think. biology. Yeah you're, yeah, you're correct. Brett Weinstein. And he responded to this email. And it was like the student sent like, you know, an email to the whole college, every email address. Yeah. So he responded. So everyone read it. Right, 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 right. So he just explained, okay, I'm a fan of this day of absence thing. I'm a fan of mm-hmm. um, shining a light on racism and subconscious, you know, prejudices. Right, right. And right. the role of privilege and whatnot in society. Right. I like all that. That's great. But... I really don't like this because, okay, it's one thing if a group wants to say, we're going to take it upon ourselves to do something to make a statement. Right. But it's another thing to say, we're going to take it upon ourselves to tell another group that they have to or should do something to make a statement. Right. And especially when they take it upon themselves to tell a group that they should leave and not be somewhere Mm -hmm. to make a statement. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And this precipitated a gigantic outrage. Like, you can legitimately go on YouTube and see these students saying, like, oh, Brett Weinstein's a racist, right. white supremacist. You can legitimately see people calling him a Nazi. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. Like, if you, if you look at interviews with this guy, this yeah. guy's the most liberal, progressive guy it is, it you could ever astounding. imagine in your it's life. It's astounding, really, it is. But they're like, he's a Nazi. He's empowering white supremacy. Isn't, we I, need to fire I, I, him. I don't know. I don't and here, have you seen the college president's response to this? I, I've, I've total seen, total caving in, giving in to every single demand. These people, except firing the professor, except firing the but professor. he's given in to everything else. Right, like he's like prostrating himself. Like when you see him talk, like he uses the exact verbiage they want him to use. He says everything. He apologizes for everything. Though it's, honestly, it's, it's honestly disgusting. The the behavior of this. I can't call him a man. Whatever he is, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's really disgusting. And, right. the, and these students, their claims are totally outrageous. Right, right. Their demands are totally outrageous. Like apparently, you can see him on YouTube addressing this thing, and he's like, it like. They force him to make this preamble about how the college is built because of the dispossession of the native lands, and we're standing on the blood of the native founders of this land, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he's like, as I have been requested, I will begin every public address with this preamble from now on. <laughs> totally ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And you know, these these kids are just pushing to see I what know. they can get away with. It's, it's, I saw these, that. These people are totally out of their minds. Like, you know, and, and, oh, and no, okay, you can find a lot of clips of like, these students going crazy. Right, on right, right. But my favorite one, it's it's this big mass meeting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the president's trying to talk and people are interrupting him left right, and right. Right, And there's this one African-American student who's like, and remember, you're talking to your ancestor right here. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were building cities while you were living in caves. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I mean, like, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I I would say, and it's interesting, Brett Weinstein, he, he did make a point to say that he is... He is an advocate of equity, and I would oh, yeah. say, and I would say, you know, you know, from the from the perspectives in that case, like I I I, I would I would say, you know, I'm also in that category. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I I do support the idea of making things more fair. I yeah. think, and I, here's a conversation I have with many people in my social circles regarding you know race and privilege and things uh-huh. like that. I think every I think most I mean I think most people want a a world in which people are treated as people uh-huh. that they're yeah, almost everyone does. That the humanity is respected. You know uh-huh. what I mean? I think. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think where the bone of contention comes about is how one helps bridge those gaps better. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. I'm very, I'm still very left-wing, mm-hmm. even oh. though I've, I've taken somewhat of a conservative edge. Not even conservative yeah, on mean, some whatever. things. I'm still, all, I'm still YOLO, very left-wing. YOLO. But the thing is, a lot of this like left-wing, you know, racial and whatnot activism, hmm. honestly... And believe me, I play. I pay close attention to it, like very close attention to right. it. I read the arguments at length. Right. I read the supporting literature. Right. I understand the philosophic etymology and like you know the background of right. it, where it all comes from. A lot of it is honestly, there's no other word for it. Flat out insane. Really? Like a lot of it is just people spouting, you know, total nonsense. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, when you're saying that I don't want to leave the campus because I'm white, that means you're a white supremacist. Well, that's <laughs> ridiculous. No, no, no. No, in, in regards to Evergreen's incident, I will agree. I think that's yeah. a little over the top. And I, stuff like, I, I, and stuff I, I, like I, cultural appropriation. Well, like that, again, that's, that's, total, that's, that's I mean, total Let's nonsense. be fair here. I, sh- I, don't, I really don't like, like, for example, um, uh, back in the day when performers used to do um, blackface. blackface. I okay, think, that's like 
ridiculous. A lot different. And then I think saying white people, if they're wearing dreads, they're supporting white supremacy. Well, then I think that that's where the semantics come about. I'm not going to get too far into that because honestly, like, I think that's very, um, you know, there's a lot of varying degrees of that. I think, again, going back to what I was saying with the idea that I think we all are in agreement, most people at least, you know, are in agreement that we want the world to be a more equal place. Mm -hmm. How one gets that uh, gap bridged. Uh-huh. I think that's where the bone of content. I mean, look at look at um you know 1969's uh, Civil Rights Act, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, quota systems, uh-huh. for example. Yeah. I, mean, I think that was back then a bone of contention. I think mm-hmm. still is the idea that certain institutions need a certain amount of individuals of non-white ethnicity on yeah. their on, in their company, or th- when the the fire department or had the testing and an individual of non-white. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. Got one. a lower uh-huh. score, and then they're all like, "Well, somebody more qualified." You know, yeah. I, I mean, th- 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 this is like this is a narrative. That has been uh-huh. going on in America. God, as, I wouldn't even just say race racially, but as, since the dawn of 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 America's colonization, I mean, mm-hmm. like I forget exactly when there was this uh, um, indentured servant riot during the 1600s. Hmm. It was where African Americans and Caucasian and uh, Americans were in protest of the yeah, of, yeah. Of, of of the of the inequity that was going on mm-hmm. up, up in I think New York or or, or Pennsylvania and they won and yeah. they won and some argue some scholars argue that this actually was the framework of slavery in America yeah, because yeah. of that yeah the, the old progressive argument that it was to drive a wedge between the whites and the blacks right. so that the whites if they feel socially superior they won't organize right. with who should be their allies, right. the other underclass, to overthrow the class right. system. And, and, That's a, yeah, the classic I, again, argument. Again, America has, I think, I don't know, not to be too hyperbolous, but maybe even the world has an idea of bridging the gap. And I think, you know, as 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 the generations go on and certain social issues becomes more in mm-hmm. in, in in front of us, um, I, I'd even argue the LGBTQ community is becoming much more prevalent than it was, I would think, in the sense of protest mm-hmm. than it was 200, 300 years ago, obviously. Probably. Because we were becoming more secular as a country. Uh-huh. That being said, I think as I, as 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 looking at this evergreen incident, you know, is the idea that all white individuals should be off campus in a protest to white supremacy? You know, in my personal opinion, I don't think that's the most proper approach. In I'd, my, never, I, I'd never do yeah, it. I'd my, never participate. No, no, in my personal opinion, I think that's. I think I think that the idea. I understand the idea, but I think the approach is mm-hmm. misguided. And here now, I'm going to say something controversial. Okay, obviously America, like, okay, America, it's often referred to the original sin of America, slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's been a huge, huge factor in our history. It's like, you know, everyone basically recognizes that that's our great shame. Right, right. How we had slavery, and right. then even when it was abolished, black people in America were severely subjugated, yes. treated terribly. Yes, Okay, course, yeah. everyone recognizes it's our great shame, and like, I you hope know, everyone does. For the most part. Yeah. And, and there's a strong cultural trend among you know white people to you know sort of be apologetic about it like it's still with us in a sense so we still think there's a certain moral framework in america Mm -hmm. where like the best thing you can be is anti-racist right or at least the worst thing you can be is racist i think that's a strong cultural moral sort of existence in america because of our shameful history that the worst thing you can be is racist and you kind of have to keep proving that you're not racist well i don't i don't know i think that sort of exists in a sense and i think a lot of people internalize it to the point where i think a lot of people feel that like it's impossible to say that something's going too far like okay there you know these uh students say 
all right, we have to have a white day of absence Mm -hmm. to make up for historical racism. Right. And I think there's a sort of trend or feeling morally that a white person can't really object to this. Because of the past, like, right. you just have to take it. Right. And because I think, if minorities no, are saying right. this, because your history well, it, was so bad, right. you got to take it and you better not disagree. I don't know if it's just my quote unquote minorities. I think, I think, I think, I think America is coming to that, to that crossroad where, what, where, where is enough enough? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there's certain amounts of leveling degrees of, of of initiatives that one can quote unquote swallow. I uh-huh. do. I, I hear this a lot from a lot of people actually, like individuals who are white, who say that. Just say I, white people. <laughs> who who say that sometimes they feel like, especially on a college campus, uh-huh. that they're they're they're, they're um, deterring um, or excuse me, they're deterring opinions. They're being deterred. Yeah, are not like, being respected. Yeah, like they uh-huh. don't agree with quote unquote exactly the same flavor yeah exactly a certain i would say very left-leaning professor yeah or yeah uh-huh. they feel as if they're not welcome i think on that's campus. totally true by the way I, th- I think it's become totally true well i think on certain campuses for sure and i think i think to it i think that's sad in mm-hmm. the sense that this is where the this course has come I, and i and i i can't say i've ever felt stifled in my opinions in i the never sense did that, in the sense that this i've i've been i've i've, I've been in class with many brilliant individuals mm-hmm. I've, I've had classes with professors who are very enlightened in the sense of of a progressivism yeah, etc yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and i think if you're respectable and at least from my opinion i think i'm lucky i have not been in a situation where someone out front just saying you're a racist get out of yeah, my yeah. face you know excuse but my here's language the, but, but the point is is that like i i, I can understand when a topic becomes so fervent and so uh-huh. divisive where that knee-jerk reaction can happen. I mm-hmm. think that's when communication breaks down. And I think in a lot of places in America, some people are getting to that point. And I think – I don't know. There, there, there's a time where that, that provocativeness should be there. And again, uh-huh. again, it's it, it, my opinion. And again, I think – you know, looking at Evergreen and looking at other aspects of it, I think I I think it's it's what's the idea of bridging the gap? I think another good example of this would be um, uh, the Black Student Union, Asian Student Union, uh-huh. and Hispanic Student, student Union. Union. Yeah, and then there was a big trend. I don't, I don't know, like maybe five six years ago, yeah. and not not just in For our like area. Different colleges making a white student a white union. Student if they union. can have it, why can't we? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought that argument was dumb from the get go. I mean, look at no, you want to look at the white student union in, in most suburban it's college universities? It's called the Student Union, and yeah. that's why you have that's why you have different organizations mm-hmm. to represent a population who, who is who's not large in, yeah. in, in, uh-huh. in, in, in numbers but still has a voice that needs to be heard okay. and I think that's why those forums are important and I think that's why the I think there's a lot of confusion as to why those types of institutions mm-hmm. or, or organizations are there because yeah. for the longest time I don't know, I mean not even too long ago like their voices were unheard because uh-huh. why would we care there's you know what i mean that we don't they're not the they're not the majority mm-hmm. and i think there's that idea that kind of you were facetiously saying if a system works in my advantage why would i want to have any other uh-huh. and i know yeah. you're being facetious in uh-huh. that to a certain degree and i think that mentality is inbred in the human nature of survival but we have to rewrite those scripts in our heads saying actually no there's some people out there that are really getting the shaft here and we really need to fix that and again how we do that oh god we'll be debating about this for years speaking of controversial issues that have something to do with genetical backgrounds that's a terrible segue it is i don't think it's the best okay Anyway, there's this company. There's an in article Boston. Timmy wants to talk about. Yeah. yeah, sorry, go on, Timmy. So there's this company in Boston, right? <laughs> yes, that purports to be able to like analyze an unborn child's, you know, genetical background, 
and explain like, okay, what diseases might, might they be at risk for? And even what, um, physical traits they might have. Okay. And they're starting to offer this service in China. Because China is much more liberal about this sort of thing than America. The genetic research and yeah, stuff? Yeah, by, by liberal, I mean, like, obviously there's tons of restrictions on it in America. Right. Because there's moral and ethical concerns. Mm-hmm. China is just like, China's more ambitious in that, is this something that might give us a leg up? Let's, you know, go for okay. it. Okay. That's more China's thing. So, yeah, what do you think? Do you think this is a good thing to be able to do this? So, I, I, again, can you, can you be more detailed? So, by, by DNA and genetics, you're saying they'll know whether they'll have a certain deformity yeah. or a mental handicap? They might, yeah. They're, they're even purporting, like, maybe what they can tell change, you. like, what? manipulate within the womb? Not yet. Not yet. They're not saying they can do that yet. Right. But they're saying they can figure out maybe what sort of diseases they'll be at risk for mm-hmm. and maybe what sort of physical traits they'll have. But now, okay, that's one thing. Right. Let's go a step further. If we get to the point right. where we can change the genetics of unborn children right. to maybe say, I want a blue, blue-eyed blue baby. I mm-hmm. want someone mm-hmm. who's going to grow up with blonde hair. Right. I want someone who's going to be tall. Right. You know? What do you think about that? Do you think we should go down that rabbit hole? See, I don't know. I'm not a parent. I don't know enough about... The, I've never even thought about it, honestly. Really? I've never I think even, we should. Well, I think... So your opinion is that we should be able to like mix and match our like as if we're like making an avatar on online. That's, yeah, they call that's it. Like you they want. call them designer babies. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we might have to put some restrictions. Like if we get to the point where you can choose what eye color and hair color, I think that's kind of. I don't know. I think it sort of. Well, here's the thing. Don't you think? I think it's it sort, to... sort of devalues the life of the child I, yeah, in I a think, sense. Well, here's the thing. Where it's less its own thing and more just like a consumer pick of I, what the parents yeah, want. I think. But here's what I do. I do think. That we should be able to like, okay, if we can genetically engineer someone to not have like a terrible, terrible disease. Right. I think it's easy to say we can do that. That's easy for most for people. Sure. I think, I think that's fair. Now let's go a step up. Is it fair to say, okay, we can genetically engineer this child to have a certain level of intelligence? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people say, sure, why not? Let's do that. What about the next step up? We can genetically engineer this child to be tall. Being tall confers certain benefits in society, right? So why shouldn't we do this? Right. We can genetically engineer this child to have a propensity for growing muscle and being athletic. Right. That confers certain benefits in society. Why right. not do that? We can genetically engineer this child to have an, a handsome face or a beautiful face. Right. That confers benefits. Right. Why not do that? No, I get the is there, is there a certain level that you would stop I, at? My only concern would be this. I think I think this goes on the sign of eugenics. Mm-hmm. Like I think like in the wrong political climate this could become a horrid horrid situation does that mean that all signs should be stopped in fear of what could possibly be the bad mm-hmm. factors of it no i mean like for example I, I i guess another example would be cloning you know what uh-huh. i mean like what if we were able to just clone our bodies so that we can make like like shells for just harvesting uh-huh. organs even though this person should have an, you know uh, an identity and, and a quote-unquote mm-hmm. soul but you're just using this person as a depot for if you get cancer and if yeah. your lungs like i think that's where that logic comes down to and a lot of this has to come with what about this Let's think of two scenarios oh, that dear. popped into my oh, head. Oh, two scenarios. Now, these are some morally ambiguous scenarios right, right, right here. Right. Two black parents going to have a kid. Right. They recognize how bad it is for uh-huh. many black people in America right. because of systems of oppression and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot better to be born white in America. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what they think. Probably true in, in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. So, they want to genetically engineer it so their child comes out white. 
Yeah. What I, about this scenario? Oh gosh. Two white liberal parents like <laughs> Brett Weinstein. They're both um no, we're even to way to the left of Brett Weinstein. They're graduates of Evergreen College. Okay. Two white parents. Right. They recognize the pernicious ongoing effects of white supremacy in America. Right. And they do not want to contribute to white supremacy. So they genetically engineer it that they have a black child. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think one day or another, science will get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know what just two, that Two Pandora's box for you? It's just, to be honest, because, you know, here's the, here's the screwed up part of it all, is that I think that race in general has played such an important, has such an impactful role in America. Mm-hmm. I think in other countries it does to some extent, but not yeah. the way no, 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 not like America, America has uh-huh. these, these categories. And it's very colonial. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, God, you should see, like, the uh, anthropological, uh, Anthropology or anthropological books back from the the, the colonial era. Oh like, yeah, uh-huh. they would just delineate like the physiognomy, God, like the different facial. So so pseudo, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like and and uh, just the implications it would have. Here's here's my here's here's what I think would be. One day or the other, we will have the capability to to, to manufacture any baby. My mm-hmm. main goal would be let's start getting away. The, let's take away those genetic disorders that yeah. are bad, mm-hmm. you know. And from there. That's where I haven't really delineated the thought. I can see positives and negatives on both ends. I mean, honestly, what if a parent wants to have their children look whatever way they want to look? I don't necessarily think that, in that sense, is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. However, I think the way in which society would take it and the yeah. way in which society is, I think it could develop into something, mm-hmm. you know, just barbaric and astronomical. Like those 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 post apocalyptic ideas where. You know, only certain types of babies are allowed to survive. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and, and if they're not that way, what? Well, and here's another thing: the, the the cost that would take that would would be to accrue for these medical procedures for this genetics. Who would be able to afford all these miracle wonderful? Yeah. So babies? the idea is only the rich people could exactly. do it. And, and now suddenly the rich people aren't even aren't only born rich, but they're born strong, physically and superior, fast and like super no, smart. It's just no. I do believe if we get to the point to do this, it has to be totally socialized. Yeah. And totally like yeah. total. Yeah. Equivalent because then, of, because, of because then you're just you're just you're just creating a race of superhumans yeah, yeah, and then the, uh-huh. who can be able to afford superhuman status only the, the super filthy humans. rich and like yeah, what exactly. and then and then you're just back to square one I don't think race would even matter I mean yeah. race would still matter but uh-huh. I think it would be even more prevalent of just mm-hmm. class divide and I yeah think, that I agree I think, with I think if, that's, if it ever gets to the point it has to be totally socialized equally I doubt it will this is a you know this and artificial intelligence who the hell knows what's going to happen yeah. Uh, interestingly enough about genetics, though, I just read an article um, about genius. Okay, so genius. There, there's that. As I said from last podcast, I've been watching this new series about Einstein's life. Yeah, it was called Genius. It's on National Geographic, and uh, there's an article um, that I read that genius. Um, not IQ, but just mm-hmm. ability to to like problem solve, creative, productivity. Logical, yes, they say that isn't as much genetic as we once thought it was Mm -hmm. as it is environmental Mm -hmm. and habitual Mm -hmm. so that's the main premise of the article and they went off about that but they talked about some really interesting quirks about great individuals of mine mind you actually now that i'm thinking about it the whole article was just about men so Uh it's kind of messed up i just thought about that like all the examples they gave sexist i what do you expect from the british broadcasting that's for sure um but no so Very some weird stuff. BBC. Some weird stuff. One thing I have read before was this. So a lot of like Albert Einstein, uh, Thomas Edison, mm-hmm. they took naps periodically throughout the day. You got to sleep. I 
And then you know what's interesting in Japan? That's actually an okay thing to not offer 15, 20 minutes at work. It means you're working so hard. In Japan, really? Yeah, that's actually. I know considered... it's cool in like Spain and the Mediterranean. No, Japan. I wouldn't have expected yep. in Japan because yep. they're so nose to the grindstone. Well, sort. well, they think that you're working so hard for the company. That, yeah, that you, you need to a little. Take a nap. Yeah, yeah. Even, even I like that logic yeah, at all, I, a lot. But it's the truth though. Sometimes uh-huh. your brain just needs a reboot, and mm. like not. And now they say under an hour is is ideal for that. For that nap. sleeping, pa- for for sure, for the nap. Yeah. However, um, uh, Einstein, what he would do is he put a spoon in his hand, and then a metal spoon in one hand, uh-huh. and then a metal plate at the bottom of his chair, uh-huh. and he would allow himself to nod off to a point where he would lose grip of the spoon, huh. and the spoon would then fall down and to wake, wake him, him up. up when he hits the pan. So at that point, he's two out, and he's got to get exactly. That That's interesting. Also, Einstein supposedly slept for ten hours out of the day, so that. In, in in a REM cycle aspect of it, it's 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 uh it's it's a, he's several REM cycles. Yeah. I think we're going through this whole thing. I I firmly believe that sleep is a big contributing factor. That's to most the way genius. to live. Some other weird quirks. He didn't wear socks. Hmm. No socks. Yeah. Did he wear shoes? He wore like slippers and sleep. He was like a hippie. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I can see um, that. Another interesting fact was, like Newton, he, Einstein would take daily walks mm-hmm. and when he when he was when he was teaching in princeton he was like this a mile and a half like round that yeah. he would do the, the the romans actually did that uh what, daily walks yeah what they would do is if they were um preparing for a speech for the um, um senate for the senate uh what they would do is they would walk around their garden hmm. and while walking around their garden they would they would they would memorize their speech so mm-hmm. by the time that I get to the bush on the corner of my garden, I will be speaking about this topic. And by the time I get to the water fountain in the middle of my veranda or what have you, mm-hmm. I will be arguing this aspect of my argument. And then by the time I – so when they're going through the speech, they go through that walk over and over again. So once they finally get ah. to the middle of the Senate, they are visualizing themselves in their garden. And by Really? Each, and so, Who wrote about that? That's really interesting. Elaine uh, de Baton, Constellations of Philosophy. Um, they, he talked about – But like are there specific figures? Who like I don't talked know about if doing there this? Was um, sounds like a Cicero thing to do. It could be. I, I you know it's interesting too. Speaking of the the Romans, there was um gosh, lupini beans. Lupini beans. Okay, so they like their lupini beans. So there was a Greek or was it Roman? I forget. Senator or or, or some politician of sorts. Yeah, he had a really high esteem of himself, uh-huh. right? And he loved eating lupini this specific beans. type of bean. Uh-huh. And the fellow's name was Lupini. Lupini. <laughs> yeah, Lupini. Okay. Uh-huh. So lupini beans. I don't know if anyone knows about this. It's this yellow bean that you can either eat the skin or you can pop it out of its little like casing and eat uh-huh. it from there. Italians love it. It's a big thing. Supposedly, my my grandfather loved them. My father said, hmm. but he would eat them, not take them out of the shell. Would eat the whole rind and all. Wow. So the story goes is this. Lupini was this very prideful senator, okay, mm. and he would always consider himself to be this intellectual superior of his of 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 of, of, of them all. Mm-hmm. So he would eat these beans all the time. So one day he was in the Senate and he was saying his speech, right? And in during his speech, I mean, again, a very prideful man. During the middle of his speech, uh-huh. given the the the, <laughs> the amount of beans he was eating, I'm positive, I know where you're going with this. He let out a little bit of a, you know, some a little too, yeah, a little, 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 little fart, uh-huh. and 
everybody because that, that thing <laughs> echoes. That place echoes. <laughs> yeah. Heard it and started laughing. And he just ran off the stage. Whoa. Was completely embarrassed from his his flatulence. Uh-huh. And all his friends would knock on his door saying, "Buddy, it's all a big deal. Everybody fart." <laughs> but he's such a prideful man. God forbid he does that in front of all he's these. Sitting there typing on his live journal. I hate my life. <laughs> live jo- making yeah, making his uh, his sermon like chisel it into the into a stone or a parchment. <laughs> dear, like, dear stone tablet. Dear Sanga. <laughs> but um, but no. So he would never ever um, never went back to the never Senate? went back to the Senate again. Oh, and then no. they named the bean that he loved after Lup- him Lupini beans. <laughs> Damn, I want some little Lupini fun beans fact. Now. Little fun fact. Um, where were we? Uh, where are we ever, Tim? And that's why I love this thing with you. We literally can bounce from from racial topics that we genuinely have concerns about to Einstein to Roman senators farting, farting in to the... Lupini uh, farts. To Lupini farts. That I was mean. it, Einstein. Some, his walks. Oh, yeah, his walks. His so walks. he was a very brilliant man in that regard. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Today's Father's Day. Oh, yeah. I had a really weird incident that happened today at Wawa this morning. Let's hear it. So I'm buying a Wawa coffee, like uh-huh. I do typically on a Sunday morning. You, oh, you saw one of your illegitimate children. No, I did not. Oh, okay. uh, so uh, weirdly enough, uh, uh, well, never mind. The point is, <laughs> I'll leave you guys to think about that one. No, but um, so I, I'm, I'm getting my coffee. I'm uh-huh. tired. It's in the morning. It's Sunday. And I have my like my crazy like shades on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those cool shades. Fwing. The ones that make you say I look like that Italian director. Oh, uh, Fellini. Yeah, that is Fellini glasses. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyhow, I'm buying my coffee, and the guy, the the cashier guy, says something like a really weird question. You celebrating today, sir? <laughs> I'm all like, excuse me, like it's like nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Are you celebrating today, sir? I'm all like, uh, I, I guess yeah. Let's celebrate. What are we <laughs> celebrating? It's Father's Day. And then he just brought and, out the cocaine. Are you <laughs> celebrating today, sir? He says, it's Father's Day. And then I get what he was asking me. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, no, no. What are you talking about? No. Yeah, it's Father's Day. Yeah. I was like, and then he's, he laughs. He's all like, that's a funny response. <laughs> I was like, here's my money. Give my coffee. I'm out of here. You thought, so the idea was you thought you were really old. Think, yeah. I was like, I don't look that old. No, you don't. I don't understand. I think maybe he was. Maybe he really was real about it. I don't know. That was that's the weird encounter I had with the man at Wawa today, yeah, ladies man. and gentlemen. I don't Wawa's, know. Wawa's Wawa's playing it hard. Yeah, man. I just I just think that they're player haters. Yeah. So anyhow, well happy Father's Day to all of our listeners out there. If you're mm-hmm. if you are uh listening and you have a father, or I'm assuming you do. Probably. Uh, <laughs> unless it's genetically modified, like you yeah. came out like maybe DNA has come to a point where we are making these clones. So, uh, but happy Father's Day to all of our listeners. Or and uh, so, yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy, crazy capitalism crazy. at its finest. Oh, Let's man. make a holiday so we can generate more revenues during yeah. a during a time where there are very few holidays. The middle yeah. of June. God dang it! God dang it! Anyways, Tim, thank you so much for coming today. Thank I appreciate you, David. us having our discourse. Oh yeah, our, our back and forth conversations. Uh, we are still holding that. Give a call because give a call. we've gotten so many private messages that no one else can see. If you look on the wall, you'll be very much misled by the overwhelming amount of messages we're receiving. We got all the like all the show favorites have sent something in. We got Jean Luc Mélenchon. Oh yeah, he, he was- wants that gift card. <laughs> Donald Trump wants that gift card. He's like, oh, man, if, if I get this gift card, I'm going to buy a coffee, and then I'm going to get health care done. <laughs> Who else? Who else? Who else do we talk Mark Zuckerberg? Mark Zuckerberg. He wants it, so he's not going to get it. 
Jim Hansen. Zuckerberg's not a Jim Big Hansen. Bird. <laughs> Look at all Jim this. Hansen gave us a So card. what we're saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that we are still doing our $10 gift card giveaway to celebrate the 10th episode that we had last week mm-hmm. for the podcast. All you need to do to be part of this giveaway is to go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Tim and Dave Show podcast. From there, go to our wall and just type in a little comment saying why you like the show, where you heard from us, what would you like to see from us. Us, anything it doesn't really matter we've had a couple responses already some 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 a little more judgmental than others but we have thick skin well the guy's gone now so don't worry about it <laughs> I, t- I took care of him <laughs> thanks Tim. I appreciate You're welcome it. but no we appreciate anything we're, we're, we uh, we we love the feedback we get from our audience uh, but yeah type in something on our Facebook page and we'll select one of those comments out of random and we'll be giving out that $10 gift card and if you like we can also say your name on the uh, as the winner on the podcast so mm. please just do whatever you can to um, to show us the love and we'll give you back in in, in $10 gift cards <laughs> oh, yeah. like, if that's 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 our form of love that's right. Um, also, we uh, would love for you to subscribe or uh, to like our Facebook page. Uh, we also have a Patreon account, which is a account that we allow for volunteers to uh, give us some donations. We already have a couple already, and we are extremely grateful for any contribution that you can give. Um, you know, it's been we've been doing this almost two months now. Almost, yeah, eleventh yeah, episode, and, mm-hmm. and again, we just you know we do it out of fun and we enjoy it. So, thank you all for the support you've been giving us so far. We're also on Google Play now. If you and we're on FM Play, I think. I don't know what it is, but we're on we're it. We're on it. So, so thank you, whomever suggested that we be on FM Play. Uh, and iTunes as well. So if you could like, subscribe, download, uh, that would be absolutely wonderful. But the, I think the biggest thing we can request to you guys is just to tell a friend. Get the word out yeah, there. That's, that's Post it on whatever, Zanga, LiveJournal, MySpace, whatever. Post it on that stuff. Yeah, please. I mean, like if, if you like the content and would like to us to be you know, making more, I mean, and you think a friend would like it, please. I don't know exactly what genre we'd fit anymore other than just... Everything, awesome. everything, and everything. awesome. No, we, I would think. I think we more pop culture Probably, or, or society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, it doesn't really matter. If you enjoy the content, please spread the word, and uh, we'd be appreciative of any support that we get. And if you have any suggestions, feel free. This is Tim, and this is Dave. This is the Tim and Dave Show. Take care, everyone. Mel and Shy. I still Mel remember sh- that yeah, whole. Yeah, I mean, he keeps sending those messages. <laughs> like, calm down, dude. You're not going to get. The-